Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Booze, booze, booze. We're going to be talking alcohol today, Kyle. You ready? I am ready. I thought you meant like B-O-O-S, booze. I think probably a lot of those, too. <laughs> From some. Um, Mitch Barnhart spoke. He did his annual State of the Athletic Department address, which he does every year before football starts, which is the start of the new calendar athletic year. Um, so he talked about a variety of things. The main topic of conversation was alcohol sales, and the UK has decided not to sell alcohol, even though it is now allowed in the public uh, seating areas uh, in the SEC. Kyle, just rant because I saw you doing it on Twitter. <laughs> I, you know, it really it just boils down to, um, to me, it boils down to consistency. Like, be consistent. Um, I, I'm, I perfectly understand people that don't want alcohol sales at college sporting events. Uh, I don't. I think it's silly. I mean, uh, not silly. I just I disagree with it. Um, I think it's fine. It's, you can drink it every. You can drink at the movie theater now. A lot of movie theaters. You can drink just about everywhere. Um, you know, and responsible and irresponsible people will behave the way they behave. Um, but I understand both sides. I understand not wanting alcohol, and I understand people that want to be able to drink at games. But from Kentucky's point of view, from Mitch Barnhart's point of view. Um, my whole thing is consistency. Um, and the fact that they are already allowing fans to um, to drink in premium areas and suites in the football stadium and the Woodford Reserve Club named after alcohol. Uh, and they're going to be able to drink in the new premium areas they're building uh, at Rupp Arena. But that the common fan cannot, and that today's decision confirmed that that was that was the thing that was going to be new. That if you, if you wanted to, the SEC was going to allow you to sell to the common fan in public areas. They decided not to do that. That to me is the part where you make a mistake, um, because whether it's what you mean or not, the message it sends is uh, rich people can be trusted to drink, and normal people or poor people not. I don't think any poor people, any any literally poor people are. Uh, buying season tickets to football games, but uh, the the common fan cannot be trusted to drink is the message it sends, um, and that not shockingly really offends people in that second group. Um, so, to me, you either don't allow it at all, or you allow it for everyone. And to to decide when the league has given the okay, and some schools have already said they're going to sell alcohol to the masses. Uh, to decide not to do that, but to continue selling in the premium areas, and to you know sort of pass it off as you know, well, we want to keep the the larger part of the of the stadium family friendly, and it's easier to contain in the other areas. It just nobody hears any of that uh, when they hear rich people can drink, normal people cannot. But that doesn't mean that those factors aren't true. No, I'm not. No, I'm not calling them a liar. I'm just saying that no, that's uh, your 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 PR issue is that nobody's going to hear any of that or buy any of that. Well, I mean, uh, but I, I mean, this is like, and I'll just flatly state out: I think that alcohol should be throughout the stadium. But I, 
to a certain extent, I think it's, um, I don't know exactly how to phrase it. it it's just, you're, you're right in the sense that people want to, are not, people who are upset about it, there isn't going to be any kind of reasoning that's going to satisfy them. Um, and for whatever reason, this like class warfare to a certain extent about UK only caring caring about the big donors more than the quote unquote average fan has gotten a lot of traction over the last couple of years with uh, some a portion of UK fans and um like you know spoiler alert that's society at large. If you give more money to thing, you you get more stuff. And I understand like some of the complaints, like everything, but you know it, it seats moved like yada yada yada. Everybody knows the list. But, like, things have to change to a certain extent, Kyle. And, like, for the football stadium, a lot of it had to change to improve the the football product, and that happened. And so, you know, this is kind of like the cherry on top of a complaining ice cream sundae. And, I, I, I mean, I understand what everybody sees, but there is, like, an other side to the argument that I also understand why... Mitch Barnhart, and I've been hearing from fans who don't want alcohol sales throughout the stands. Yeah, and I, he said that today. He said, you know, he got, you know, reading his mail, he got a lot from people who said they would walk away from them if they if they made alcohol available throughout the stadium. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not doubting that that is true, but um, – like I said, it's it's to me, it's not that I can't see the side of not wanting any alcohol. Like I get it. Um, you know, it, it should be noted that uh, a child tragically died outside of the football stadium this year, um, involved in a, a, a drinking and driving accident, um, which had nothing to do with alcohol being even consumed in the stadium. Uh, it had to do with drinking at parties, tailgating parties leading up to the game, and that's a whole other can of worms. So, like, I get, I get people who say I don't want alcohol in in these environments where I'm bringing my family. Um, I'm fi- uh, like I say, I'm fine with either. I, I'm I, I am fine with having none for anyone or alcohol for all. My issue, and I think many people's issue, is just always going to be. It's it is incredibly to me. It is inescapably and incredibly hypocritical to essentially say whether you whether it's what you want to say or not rich people in premium spaces can be trusted to drink and be safe and be well behaved and people in the 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 unwashed masses cannot uh i mean whether they like it or not that's the message and i don't i i don't like that i don't think a lot of people do i so make it off limits for everybody I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. Or make it available to everybody. It's impossible to do, I mean, from a realistic logistical standpoint, since that's genie's already out of the bottle um, in those suites. And I guess they let that happen. They, in, in, prob- in Mitch Barnhart's maybe perfect world, they never would have, you know, allowed that to happen. Um, but, when you're trying to incentivize people, companies, and everything to give large amounts of money, which those suites and boxes uh, cost or will cost with the after the new renovations at Rupp, um, you know you, you try to add value as much as you can, and that is 
value to a certain extent. I, I mean, I'll tell you what. Let's let's take a quick break because I mean, I I'm I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate, and to a certain extent, I don't believe <laughs> necessarily everything I'm saying. Um, but I just do want to give a voice to to the other side to kind of you know get this this conversation um, fully developed. So we'll discuss that right after this. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So uh, you know, Kyle, the the thing that you know Mitch said, and it, I mean, it's almost splitting hairs, but it is the you know the alcohol sales and monitoring of the people drinking is easier to um, contain, keep an eye on when it is with a smaller number of people. Now, obviously, the delineation is is based purely. Um, almost exclusively off of money because it is the value of the ticket that allows you to um, uh, get access to the alcohol. Uh, but, I mean, there there is a reality in the sense that if you limit the number of people who can buy alcohol, there is a less of a, a chance of it, you know, an incident uh, occurring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, here's my other argument to that, and that is, and I made this point on Twitter as well, we're really ignoring the reality that people who want to get drunk and overly drunk do anyway. Um, so they're over serving themselves in the parking lot. They're sneaking alcohol in and going to the you know, bathroom to chug it. Uh, I don't, I don't know that, um, making it available, you know, having a limit on how many you can buy at a time and cutting it off at a certain point in the game. I don't know that that, doesn't actually lead to maybe arguably more responsible drinking from those people. Uh, because if I know that I can't get alcohol inside I'm and I want to be drunk during the game, I'm probably slamming a bunch back right before I walk through the gate. Um, and, you know, the idea that it's going to change – I guess one of my, my issues is the idea that selling alcohol in the stadium is suddenly going to introduce drunk people to the stadium. Uh, it isn't. And that it's going to suddenly dramatically change the environment in the stadium. It isn't because people who want to drink are drinking outside in the tailgates. And they're, you know, the ones who really want to drink are finding ways to smuggle it in and drink it inside anyway. Um, so to me, that's also, it's sort of a, like a dream world uh, idea of how things actually work. And it kind of ignores reality that, that, it's already happening for the for the masses. Well, I mean, the the pushback at that, and you know, this is all anecdotal, you know, evidence. But you know, I'm, I'm I hear from a lot of people um, on the other side of that, and I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, when we I was doing the call in show tonight, Big Blue Insider Ryan Lemon was guest hosting, and you know, uh, this is also very <laughs> extremely anecdotal. Uh, you know, we had three callers on the topic, and they all they all said Barnhart made the right decision. Um, uh, you know, they, they do agree that it is slightly hypocritical, but they don't want that drinking introduced and into the, the, the public seating area. And their main reason is, uh, from what I've seen, they pointed to two things, one NFL games and how, uh, you know, you see some of those crazy videos that happen there, um, and the fights and the nonsense. Um, and then also, uh, Louisville, which, uh, you know that that's tough. I'm I'm sure the alcohol contributes to some of the shenanigans that happen. Though, but I feel like that the rivalry obviously is such a big factor there because many Kentucky fans have have sworn off going um, back to a Louisville football game because they were treated so hostily 
when they um, went to that venue and, you know, alcohol, alcohol sales um, are, I think they're, uh, the way I understand it, I mean, I see deals about, you know, um, buying specials and all those things. They were trying to, if I'm remembering right, Kyle, do you remember where they had like a dollar beer if you come at half hour early or something like that? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know about that. But uh, again, I just, I'd be really surprised if the, I mean, I'm, this is, again, this is very anecdotal. This is me guessing. But I think if we breathalyzed people at Kentucky and Louisville football games, I don't think the, I don't think the average blood alcohol level would be a whole lot different. Because I think people that want to get drunk or have a few drinks and have a buzz going at the bat, at the football game at Kentucky are still doing it, um, and so this is really a it's not about this is really not an issue about whether or not to have drinking at the football games because it's happening. It's whether it's a bit, it's about the principle of should a person be able to walk up to the concession stand and buy a beer and drink it at his seat without feeling like a criminal who's sneaking it in. Uh, when there there's a suite above his head where there's a thousand people walking around freely drinking whatever they want to drink, uh, so uh, you know I, I I don't really buy the idea that like oh Louisville fans are just tanked because they sell alcohol at the games. Uh, I, I maybe I'm wrong. I just don't know that they're any drunker than anybody else anywhere else. Um, so I, I don't know. But again, I, I'm not even nece- I, I'm not even arguing necessarily like. You know, they need to have alcohol at the stadium. I'm arguing for continuity, whichever way it goes. Do you think that this has a any impact on ticket sales? Uh, it would be interesting. I, I mean, you know, you said you had three people call and say they were they agreed with it. I, I had a lot more than three interactions on social media. And twi- look, Twitter's also not the real world. It's not real life. It's a can be an echo chamber and it's a small percentage of the general population. Uh, but certainly in that space, it was overwhelmingly, this, this really ticks me off. But is it, um, is it enough to not go to a game? Is the, I mean, people, the, multi, multiple people say they weren't going to go because of it. Um, you know, I don't know that it makes a huge deal either way. I don't know that they would have massively helped. And Barnhart sort of addressed that. He said he didn't get the sense they were going to sell a bunch more season tickets just because people could drink at their seat. Uh, and by the way, pay some overpriced, absorbent amount. Like that's the thing. If, if they had made booze for sale, I'm sure it would have been outrageously priced. Um, so maybe, maybe those fans win by continuing to drink their brought from home uh, concoctions in uh, plastic bags taped to their thighs with long straws up through their shirt or whatever they, whatever they're doing these days. Who do you uh, hang out with? <laughs> Just a crafty old college kid back in my day. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that remains to be seen because um, from a football perspective, from a product perspective, there's never, not never, but not in a long time has there been the incentive to come back and be in the stadium and, and attend games. Uh, and I know they were off to a hot start, at least initially with season ticket sales this year. Um, so maybe this will be a, a test of that. I mean, you're coming off this great season. You're expected to still be at least a bowl team again this year. Um, and you know, right before the season starts, Barnhart drops this thing that seems to have made a lot of people mad. We'll see if it 
keeps people away from games. I don't know. I don't think it will. I don't think there'll be much of an impact at all. I don't necessarily know, but I think I I I, I don't know. Um just having a vibe of the state, I feel like if he would have went the other way, like there might have been some people that would have all whichever I think in all in all serious like if he whichever whichever decision he made would have upset people. You agree with that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and Mitch is a very religious man, and you know, I'm sure, you know, I and a large uh, portion of the state is as well. I mean, sure, sure. Yeah. And I mean, look, I'm religious, and uh, you know. Uh, not exactly the greatest example of a Christian person in the world, probably, but who is? Uh, but I'm not. I'm not a teetotaler either, so I'm not like against alcohol. But I, you know, I would. I would assume it's kind of inescapable that in his in his community, uh, his church community, and elsewhere, he's hearing from people, and, yeah. and there are a lot of people that would be disappointed by uh, that decision. I, yeah, I think you're exactly right that. Um, that he was going to hear from people and upset people either way. I think, I think the problem for him, and and this maybe goes to like, does this specific thing mean less people will come? Maybe not. But the problem for Mitch in a decision that was probably a no win either way, the way he went was more fuel on the to the fire for people who do believe that there's a classist thing going on with the fans and the treatment of fans. Well, you know, I, I think it's like another big log on that fire for those people to hold up and say he doesn't UK doesn't care about the average Joe fan who can come to one game a year or buy the cheapest, you know, back row seats at Rupp or the football stadium. They only care about these people in the suites. Um, I don't think that's true, but I, I do believe that this was the problem for Mitch is that this was like a big, big, big thing to a lot of those people where he had a chance to say, we do care the same about the common fan as the, the folks in the suites. And he didn't do that. And so it's going to be, that's going to be one of their big rallying cries. So it may not be this singular uh, issue, but this may, there may be a totality of it where this may, this is the last straw for some people and just throw up their hands and say, you're not getting my money for a while. I, I don't know. I always just to a certain extent feel like for the most part sports ticket sales are um I don't know what the 90% how awesome the home experience is and then 10% of whatever else you want to throw in there and then people just kind of build that 10% up to almost defend their fandom to a certain extent. And maybe that's not true, but that's how I always interpret things to a certain extent cuz that's what you hear so much and it's like I mean, you know, you you Kyle, you you see that stuff on social media too. People say the most ridiculous stuff about like I'm not going back to a game till they get rid of those checkerboard uniforms. You know, just just crazy outlandish things. And um, maybe there is a straw that breaks a camel's back. But um, if you're if you're wanting to go to a game, I I just don't feel like buying a beer or two would you know really either make that decision either way. Maybe it will for some, but I don't think it's a big enough number that. Uh, it will swing the stadium's ticket sales that much. Yeah, we'll see. All right, um, all right. That's enough for that discussion. Coming up next, uh, some other random things that are happen happening around uh, UK athletics. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. 
We had Reed Travis, P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, and Keldon Johnson back in Lexington today, Kyle. They were doing camps with the the youths, or is, um, what's, oh gosh, what's the short guy, the short Italian actor that's in all the uh, movies? Danny DeVito? No, no, the other one. He's in um, Goodfellas. Joe Pesci. Oh. Yeah, and My Cousin Vinny when he goes, the Utes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, they they signed the the big uh, UK floor, which every all now I guess that was hung up just this summer. And they did some interviews with local media. I didn't see anything, any like newsworthy stuff necessarily. I think PJ said that he would definitely be back for um, Charlotte's uh, regular season. He'll be fully healthy for that. And then, um, as you would expect, Kyle Reed Travis. Had some very mature and um, uh, insightful comments. He's like he, he was talking about going to Germany. He goes, obviously, I wanted to be in the NBA, but hey, I'm young, and they're gonna go. They're gonna pay me to play basketball in Europe, so I'm gonna get introduced to a new culture. So that's a pretty good deal too. Nothing less than you would expect from Reed Travis. Yeah, I mean, he's. You know, one of the reasons we like talking to him is he was like an adult uh, who who has some life experience, and and that with that experience comes perspective. And uh, you know, I, I think I think he, you know, I think he's in a really good place. I talked to him out in Vegas, um, and he understands that he was injured and he couldn't really help that, and that hurt his draft situation. He understands, I think. Also, to an extent, maybe that he is kind of is what he is uh, in NBA eyes and in a changing NBA world that he's more of an old school guy and, and at, in the post. And at that, he's undersized for if he's going to be that. Um, uh, but also probably has looked around and said, like, there are guys who go play overseas and do well and get another shot at this. Um, and if he doesn't, like he said, he's overseas seeing the world as a young man with, by the way, a Stanford degree, uh, having played and come within a whisper of the Final Four, playing for one of the most prominent college programs in the country at Kentucky for a year, and now gets to see the world and get paid to play basketball. And I assume, you know, probably getting six figures or somewhere close to it for a few months of work, not a bad gig. And not maybe a lot of young guys who came out of high schools, five stars, expecting to go right to the league, can't have that kind of perspective but a guy like him I, i'm not surprised he does yep uh no doubt uh about that uh speaking of former kentucky players in the pros sounds like patrick patterson is going to be bought out by the thunder and he might wind up with the la clippers so former kentucky player on a championship i don't know if they're the favorite or not but one of the title contenders could be a good spot for him yeah, yeah. So it'd be him and uh, a card Montrez Harrell, right? We'll be together. I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure I, on I everybody's roster. They ended up keeping. I think they ended up keeping Harrell and all that. All those blockbuster moves uh, would have been him with Shea Alexander. Of course, he was the linchpin in that uh, in that uh, big blockbuster move. So yeah, it's good. Good for Patterson. He's sort of started to I think he's kind of on the the downslope of his NBA career a little bit it seems like but uh he's got a chance to go chase a ring now yeah um so cool cool spot for him um 
And then um, I guess uh, finally there was an update, uh, but not much of an update from our buddy Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald Leader. He got a chance to talk to uh, Nafale Dante's host mother. She said that a decision is coming soon, just like we've been saying for a while, Kyle, because they're kind of running out of time before the school year starts. Uh, So we'll be tracking that as well. UK Football Media Day is on Friday, so you can follow along with my coverage um, on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Uh, Kyle, do you, is there any questions that you really are looking to get answered at UK Football Media Day? Um, nope. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I want to hear what Mark Stoops has to say about how what his plan is for this secondary. Um, you know, who he thinks can actually be uh, ready to play, especially after they lost Devontae Robinson. I'm sure that'll that'll be addressed, and we'll be talking about that on the next edition of the podcast. Until then, follow along with us on social media at LockedOnUK on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow along with me, as I mentioned, at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can follow Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And read his work on The Athletic. Kyle, I'm supposed to mention also that you know we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and everyone should go check out uh, Locked On NFL. We got training camps going on, so go check that out. And obviously, also uh, check out all the Locked On baseball feeds as well, because the trade just deadline just wrapped up, and the playoffs are right around the corner. So follow along with those as well. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello? Howdy, howdy. What's up? How we doing? Oh, I'm just waging war with my children to get them to go to sleep. They're still not asleep. Nine thirty, and they're just rocking out like it's the middle of the day. Hell, that's something. Yep. Otherwise, I'm great.